Hello and welcome to Philly and the Over, a brand new Philadelphia-based sports gambling podcast brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Joe Simonera. I'm joined by Shane Curran. Shane, tell us what's on tap for today. NFL NFC preview. All right, time to cash in. All right, Joe, picking up where we left off, we covered the AFC preview already. Time to go through the NFC, starting at the bottom in the basement with the Arizona Cardinals. They are at four and a half wins the time that I uh at the time that I, I looked these up. And uh since then they cut their projected starting quarterback, Colt McCoy. So uh, this team's odds could have shifted since then. Um, I, I've seen a few sites actually post this at three and a half now. Uh, the over under pretty even. Uh, and <laughs> I'm I'm going the under. When was that four and a half? I I, I got at minus one fifteen for for the under. I I don't see any way in which this team uh, wins games. They're they're trading like you know former first round picks for seventh rounders and um, you know trading all-star caliber level wide receivers for, you know, they're cutting them and eating a $22 million cap hit there. They don't seem like a team that's trying to win football games. All right. So let's talk about where they could potentially, potentially win. Nowhere. They're not going to win a game. <laughs> they're, 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 it's not, they're not going to win a game in the NFL. They're just not, actually, they're not, they're not going to win one game. This is I, like I this to is see like what it would be for Detroit Lions are not going to win. Oh, in seventeen, you can get plus one thousand for a team to go oh and seventeen. So that obviously gives you the field. Can they beat Houston? Can they beat the Rams? I, I really, I really don't think so. Yeah, I really don't think it, so. I don't, I don't I, see any other potentials, honestly. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I don't think they're going to win a game. I, I really don't. This is an under. This is for sure so, an under. This is an under, and then my guess is they use a draft pick and try and trade Kyler Murray for for something. Which, I mean, which team do you think he he ends up on next year? Oh boy, um, that is a good question. Oh man, that is a good question. Uh, how about the Rams? I I don't see that just from the in division trade, and I think. The two teams that jumped yeah. out to me, I think it's going to be teams that that either want to build around other young stars or are looking to take like a step forward and think he might be able to help. So the Vikings were one that jumped out to me to be able to to pair him with, you know, Kirk Cousins is only yeah. signed through this year, pair him with Jefferson and uh, Addison moving forward. The other team, the, the Falcons, out. I'm looking at at just pretty much dome teams um, at this point. Put him uh put him down in Atlanta with well, some of that young talent that they've been drafting. Um, see if they can, uh, you know. Yeah, that was, that was my thought. I, I like I like Desmond Ritter though. Um, want to see what he can do this year. Probably probably not a whole lot in the NFL, but I still like the guy. Um, yeah, that's a possibility. But uh, I mean, Caleb Williams is a really really good player. So losing no or not winning any games uh, is, might might be the play for the Cardinals here. It is interesting that they drafted Josh Rosen with the tenth overall pick, and then the next year used the number one overall pick on Kyler Murray, yeah. which at the time seemed, you know, most teams double down on their mistakes and they actually didn't. I actually like that move just because they realized once they got the guy in the building, like this guy doesn't have it. So I thought that was a, a wise choice to to do that at the time. But uh the you know doing that what it might be three times in six years now, that's yeah. uh not not the best well, play. There's another team that, that that did work for and they are the Philadelphia Eagles, but 
we'll get the, to that later. The next team, we have a while until we talk about the Eagles. The next team are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're at six and a half. Uh, you know, they have a replacement for, for Tom Brady, Baker Mayfield coming in, trying to take hold of that offense. They are at plus 120 toward the over. Did you say six and a half? Yes. <laughs> Under. <laughs> Another lock. Uh, they're not, they're not going to sniff six, six wins with Baker Mayfield. <laughs> There's just no way. Yeah, a- a- absolute under. That's it's going to be an awful team. So I was looking at this, and, and last year there were seven teams that went under six and a half. Uh, right now, similar to when we when we were talking about some of the AFC, there there's right now only one team in the whole NFL listed under six and a half wins, and that's the Cardinals who we just talked about. So there's going to be other teams that that come in under six wins, and uh, the Bucks very well could be one of those teams. And hasn't Mayfield been like terrible in camp? Yeah, like they, they, completely there actually inaccurate. was. Well, there was a competition between him and Trask to see, you know, who might who might be the starter. But they they went with Mayfield, so I guess he he did enough to beat out the the young kid. Well, have fun. Uh, yeah, they're they're not they're not sniffing six wins. The next team on the list, the Los Angeles Rams. They're, Rams. They're also at six and a half. Uh, pretty even on both sides. Whether you take the over or the under. All right. Last year, I remember we had we had a debate about the Rams, and a lot of it had to do with uh, Matt Stafford's uh, was it a shoulder injury at the time? Is that what he had? Um, Cooper Cup always battling injuries, but but one of the best receivers in football. I think if this team has health on their side, I think they can get this over. Probably stay away from me, but if they are healthy, I do think they they get the over. Okay. I'm I'm staying away. I think their their defense has just been plugged a little too much for me. I mean, they still yeah. have, you know, probably the best defensive player in in the the league, and they also have Bobby Wagner, uh, linebacker, but not much else uh, on the defensive side. So, um, McVay, obviously a, a great offensive mind. We'll see if uh, he has enough weapons there to to get over that that win total. How, how much did moving... he turn down from Amazon, McVay? Hundred <laughs> mil, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, can you imagine turning that down to coach this shitty team? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure oh, that man. that offer is still there for him if if he yeah, wants. Yeah, he's gonna need it. The Washington Commanders are the next team on the list. They're also at six and a half. They have a a new quarterback, Sam Howell, coming in to uh, coach the team. He he took over with just a few games left last year. Ron Rivera still at the helm from the head coaching perspective. What's your take on the Redskins this year? Uh, Rivera's lost his mind. Um, it's a stay away for me because I am intrigued by Sam Howell. Uh, I think he can he can be really good. I I think the quote Rivera had was like, "Oh, if I knew who was this guy, I would have played him sooner." <laughs> and I think that was like I saw it online. I think it was le- a legit quote. No, yeah, yeah. He said something very similar to that. Yeah, <laughs> like you, wait, you, you didn't know he was good. Like, what, what, what are you doing? Um, but yeah, this is a stay away because this is just just a chaotic team. I think they could. I think they could have a have a strong defense again that, that forces turnovers and um you know if, if how if how is as good as Rivera didn't realize um I think they can win some games uh I mean could they finish second in the NFC East I, I think so for sure um but it's going to be a stay away for me because I think it could go south real quick yeah so the the main play for me here I'm going to stay away as well I I, I do lean toward the over for a few reasons. Their defensive line should be exceptional this year. And healthy. They also, yeah, 
and healthy. And they also, you know, Eric Bieniemy coming over from the Kansas City Chiefs to be the offensive coordinator. It's very similar to Kellen Moore going to the Chargers to be the offensive coordinator. It's a lateral move, but I think it's it's a lateral move that provides them the opportunity to show that they're more than just, you know, the head coach with the other guys in the room. So I think Bieniemy has something to prove here. I think he's really going to try and put a, you know, his own stamp on this offense. And oh, he, he has, he is, yeah. He has some wide receivers to do it. I mean, you have Dotson, you have McLaurin, both of these guys, you know, Big Ten guys that that have speed and and just natural playmaking ability uh, paired with, you know, Antonio Gibson, Bijan Robinson. I think it's enough skill players. Brian, Brian there. Robinson. Brian Robinson. Brian Robinson. <laughs> Thank you. Brian Robinson. <laughs> Not the good uh, enough one. skill yeah. players there for them to, uh, for, for how to actually make an impact. So I am, I'm, I'm more curious about this team than anything. And that's why I just stay away. I'm, I'm, I feel the same yeah. way. Staying in the FC East, the Giants are at seven and a half. Now they exceeded expectations last year. Brian Dable came in and really changed the culture from week one when uh, they had the opportunity to win the game by going for two. He did that. Barkley pushed it into the end zone. And that really set them on a path to to change the culture of, of New York Giants football. Now, going into this year, you, you go into the offseason, you get uh, Daniel Jones to come back. Barkley had a little bit of drama in the offseason, but he's there. You signed Darren Waller, another year with Dable at the the helm of head coach, uh, improved defensive line. What are your thoughts on the Giants? Uh, I, I am inclined to take the over because I I have some faith in Daniel Jones this year. I talked about Herbert and Barrow with nothing exciting in the AFC where those guys are going to have big years. I think that Daniel Jones could, could have a big year. Um, Again, you know, he he just you watch the guy and it's like he strings seven, eight, nine completions together in a row. And you're like, well, this guy's like a pretty good quarterback, then does something stupid. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that he's at a point now. It's kind of a almost a real crossroads for him where it's kind of win now time. And I think he feels that. Um, and I do think that the skill set is there. And then, you know, like I said, Brian Dable's done a really he did a great job last year. He changed the culture. I think they come back and um, I think this team can can win some games. So I, I'm, I'm inclined to take the over here. Yeah, I'm I'm going back and forth. I'm staying away from this, but I, I was leaning. I, I've leaned both ways on this. But to talk about Dable a little bit, last year, early on in the season, the interaction between Dable and Daniel Jones on the sideline was was uncomfortable, even watching from the couch because <laughs> of of you know he's he's in his face yelling at him. You know that Daniel Jones is is pressing as hard as he can to try and you know impress the new head coach. He's yep. trying to do too much, and to, I think that really helped throughout the end of the year as they learned more about each other and as Dable learned, you know, what Daniel Jones skill sets were and just tried more to put him in a position to win games. So for those reasons, another year with him under Dable, you see what, what Dable is able to do with, you know, Josh Allen, another guy, his rookie year, who, who was not able to, you know, make great passes downfield. He turned into an excellent pocket passer. We'll see if Daniel Jones can take another step forward like that. Now, the reason that that I'm a little hesitant toward this is the Giants won so many close games last year. They won so many games by three points or less that, you know, the ball bounces the wrong way. And, you know, you're looking at a, you know, a, a five one team. So I think they, they exceeded expectations last year. I think they to get to eight wins would be another, you know, it's probably not what they're expecting, but they might just not be not be at that point yet. Yeah, it's a good point. We, I, I think, as as betters, you know, you, you really always look for teams who, uh, you know, won four games, but they had five losses by three points or less or mm-hmm. something like that. And you said, all right, that's a nine win team. Uh, we don't really ever look at that in in reverse, like like with the Giants. That's a great case for it, where uh, this team 
had luck on their side in a lot of games. So I think that that's uh, that's a good point. All right. The Carolina Panthers are next on the list. So they are at seven and a half as well. I originally thought that this um, this line was a little high. And as we go through pretty much all these teams, one of the things that jumps out is, you know, we, we know who the established quarterbacks are and we'll, we'll be talking about them later. But all these young quarterbacks, we've been talking highly about, what, 95% of them. They're not all going to be great, right? So because of that, you know, you have a rookie quarterback here in Bryce Young, number one overall pick. But he's walking into a situation with a new head coach that's walking into a situation that has what is now an experienced defense, right? So that defense, when they, um, when they, uh, who was who the coach that just got fired from the Panthers? Rule. Yeah, Matt Rule. So when Matt Rule took over his first year, he drafted nine defensive players. He used every single pick on on that. And that's coming up to the point where, you know, they're at the point where they're fighting for their their second contract. So those guys are now experienced guys who all grew up together. They're very comfortable playing together. They're not all still there, but they are, you know, that defense should take another step forward. You have that. You have a, a you know, a smart quarterback in Bryce Young. Um, I, I just don't see enough weapons there. And I'm I'm leaning toward the under here. Yeah, it's a stay away from me. I I, I think they could. I mean, I think this is like a five or six win team just because you're you're gonna go through some growing pains with with Bryce Young. Um and and of of Young, Stroud, and Richardson, I have the least amount of faith in um in, in Bryce Young. So I you know, I, I would lean under, but but a stay away from me. I think they can get around seven wins, then maybe they get some luck on their side and, and get to eight, but um I, I lean under. So I was actually staying on this topic. I, I was looking at uh, my notes from last year, and one of the notes I had was rookie quarterbacks on the road. Um, so rookie quarterbacks on the road, especially making their first start. Now, as I was looking at who those options were for this year, um, you know, you talk about CJ Stroud, you talk about Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson. I would say Anthony Richardson is the one that I would have the most concerns about because guys like CJ Stroud and Bryce Young, even though they haven't played in the NFL on the road, they've played in such big games um, that I I don't know if that, that rule really applies to them, but we will, we will find out. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Moving on um, to the uh, next team on the list and the NFC North making their first appearance, the green Bay Packers uh, after losing Rogers, they're at seven and a half and they're uh, pretty close to even minus one twenty toward the over. Do you think Love has enough to uh, get them to eight wins? I do. He, I really, really, really under the radar. This guy, like with Aaron Rodgers, when he kind of took over for Favre, like it was more of a th- like there was more to do about it. And I, I mean, I don't think you know Love just makes that kind of immediate impact. Um, but I think that yeah, this there is something to be said for kind of waiting in the wings, learning, learning, learning. You're familiar now. You're the leader. You know now you're gonna play. The weapons aren't the same around them. That's that's hmm. for damn sure. Um, but I, I I I do think there's you know enough of a running attack. Um, and and this guy can maybe win you some games where I think they can get. I think they can get over. I, I gotta. I'm gonna have to think a little bit more on this one. Um, but but I would lean the over. I think. Yeah, I'm not touching this, but no, I, well, I now agree. if Love gets hurt, you know the backup quarterback is. Uh, uh number, Clifford, number right? one, one four. That's right. Uh, then, yeah. then he might, then he might be a little bit of trouble. But so I, I think I'm not taking this, but I agree with most of your points. Like I think their defense, they continued. One of the reasons that Rogers left was because they continued to use first round picks on defense. Last year they drafted two guys out of Georgia. You know, 
the, the Eagles have had a very similar philosophy. So take the the guys from those national championship teams. Those guys get another year under their belt. They have, uh, you know, a very talented defense. Their offensive line should be a lot healthier. And you mentioned it. They're they're bringing back Aaron Jones and and AJ Dillon. So, you know, they have young wide receivers, a young tight end, but it's it might be enough to run a game in a defense to to get you to to you know eight wins right there. Another team in the NFC North, the Chicago Bears, they're also at seven and a half wins. Uh, what do you make of Justin Fields' uh, outlook for the season? Everyone is getting the Jalen Hurts comparisons in right now. Yeah. Um, I think Justin Fields has a ton of talent. I, I thought, you know, coming out of out of college, I thought he was the best quarterback in, in his class. Um, and and now it's time for for him to show it. And I, I think the Bears get over. I, I do. And it's going to be on his shoulders. But I think he is he's a, just an absolute weapon on, on the field. I think he can throw, he can run. Um, he he can do a lot. I, I'm I'm leaning over here for the Chicago Bears. You had him above Lawrence coming out of college? I did. You don't uh, remember this? Mm-mm. Oh yeah. Wow. Okay. Um yeah, so the I'm I'm staying away from this as well, but I do love a lot of the moves that they made. So they, you know, picking up DJ Moore is a huge move for them. They made that trade not only to move down from was a first overall to ninth overall, but they also get a number one wide receiver in the process. Um, get him some more help. Last year, Darnell Mooney going in was their number one receiver. He's more right. of a you know a boomer bust type of guy. So getting him once Chase Claypool is back, they finally have some weapons around him. They you know rebooted their. Um, their running back group. So uh, it should be interesting looking to see if, if uh, Brisker can take another step on the defensive end, uh, yeah. uh, you know, guy out Penn state looked great last year. So we'll see if he can uh, make a step. Uh, yeah. I think, the, I think there's, there's the enough there for, and uh, like they're not in, in the, the most challenging division in, in football. Um, so I think that there's uh, the schedules. I, I'd say kind of in the middle of the pack in terms of difficulty. Um, but I think there's, there's enough, on the bears to get excited about where they can, they can, they can do some damage. Yeah. And the, you know, you mentioned it, the, the NFC North, you know, all their teams within this division are within two wins or uh, two wins for their over under apart. So we'll be talking about the other ones shortly here, but moving on to a team that's at eight and a half, the Atlanta Falcons. I said, I like Desmond Ritter. Um, I don't think I like him enough to get over eight and a half, eight and a half though. I think, uh, what, what's the under juice that, uh, plus one ten. Oh, wow. I got to think about it a little bit now, but I, 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 I'm leaning under. Okay. I'm, leaning I'm, under. I'm on the opposite I, I like, side. I'm going really? over. You like it? Okay. Yeah, I'm going over and it doesn't really have much to do with Desmond Ritter. I just think that you have a team last year that ran the ball so significantly well, and you, you add to that in, a you know, a guy that's, that's a better running back. You know, you saw what yeah. Algier did last year, um, combination of Algier and uh, Patterson. So now you add B. John Robinson, who is one of the best running back prospects that, that I've seen. Um, they spent a high draft capital on him. Ritter shouldn't have to do too much. I think between having that, that rushing attack and then just the play action with guys like Kyle Pitts and Drake London, I mean, they spent, three very high picks on skill positions over the last three years, which doesn't typically I'd say work out too well, but I think that <laughs> they, they had the right offensive line in place to, um, to be able to support it. So, um, we'll see, we'll see how this goes. I think they can get to eight wins with this team though. 
Next on the list, the Minnesota Vikings. Last year, they were a surprise team with uh, with their win total. This year, it's down to eight and a half. Uh, going toward the over is minus 140. I, this is this is a it's a definite stay away for me. Um, um, why why the hate though on on the Vikings? What what is like? I feel like we're getting to to a point where all right, team's got serviceable quarterback and the best receiver in football. Why why is why the hate though? Why why is there so much hate towards the Minnesota Vikings right now? I I think it's I can't, just I can't really find Cousins is just I guess boring. Just, he's yeah. he's like just a boring. I mean, he's good. He's he's a good football player. He's a good middle yeah. middle of the pack uh, quarterback that is better than probably fifteen other guys in in the NFL right now. And you know you start to name guys and you you end up naming guys that right now aren't better than him. But he puts up the numbers every, every single year. year. He does. Um, but he, you know, you watch how he does it, and it doesn't get you too excited. I mean, you know, you go back to. I can still picture Diggs running down the sideline with his hands in the air, being frustrated at the ball, not getting to cousins. I think right. uh, not coming from cousins. I think Jefferson's just so talented that he, it doesn't really matter. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to see how, how year two goes under the new head coach, but this is a stay away from me. You watch the uh, Netflix quarterback nope, quarterback show. I didn't, with, I didn't uh, watch it. uh, yeah, it's all right. I, I want to watch like four episodes or something. Yeah. But Kirk Cousins is just he's just a guy who, like, I think he would have just been very content with kind of being, you know, like a 19 year backup, making millions of dollars and just kind of hanging out. Yeah. And then he gets like hot in the game and now he's a starting quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> and then he keeps playing pretty well. So he just kind of got thrust into it. It's funny. But uh, yeah, he's, he's a square guy. All right. Seattle Seahawks, their over under is at nine and even money on the over and the under. I don't know. Probably over. I hate this team so much. I, I can't. I cannot figure them out. I, I struggled. Struggled with them last year. I didn't expect Geno Smith to have have the resurgence that he did. Um, you know, I didn't expect Kenneth Walker the third out at Michigan State to to have have such a uh, such an impact. I I I don't. I, I hate this team. I'm staying away. I don't even want to. I I've not put any thought into the Seattle Seahawks this year. I, I just knew it was a team that I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bet on them, and I'm I'm certainly not gonna take a win total because I I just I do not know. I have no clue. So the over-under, I'm not touching, but there might be something I touch later uh, later today. And, you know, the la- last year, they the last two drafts, they've had two offensive tackles and two starting cornerbacks in the draft. That's great for a two-year run. Um, in addition to that, this year, they add uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba. And you see what those Ohio State five receivers have done over the past year, few years with Wilson, Nolave coming out. Now you get a guy who, you know, coming out was just as good as them of a prospect. So he's being added to a receiver room that has DJ Metcalf, the big, strong guy who can go up and and catch the ball and and break tackles after the run. And Tyler Lockett, who just knows how to get open. So Gio Smith has just another weapon to play with. I I think this team's better than than last year. Yeah, I'm targeting JSN in every every fantasy draft. And I I think that he's getting had some sort of like thumb procedure, wrist procedure done, but should be. Yeah. Should, should be good. Um, so yeah, the, the weapons are there. And Gino Smith got off to, you know, what, what, what was his, uh, what was his line? He said, uh, they wrote me off, but I didn't write back. Yeah. It lasted for about eight weeks. And then he kind of wrote back, I guess, and um, became the Gino Smith we know and love, but I couldn't figure this team out last year. Couldn't, couldn't bet on them. Just, just have, I just, I, I really just have no, no interest. I think I know where, where your, your head's at though with them, but, uh, but I'm, I'm just, I'm scared to death of this team. The next team, the New Orleans Saints, they're at nine and a half wins. And 
I thought this was an extremely high line, nine and a half for this team. Do you have a play on them? What is the under just at? Uh, the under for them is minus 140. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it, I think that's a, a very, very, very high line. Um, yeah, I mean, the under makes a lot of sense here, but it's fishy. It's very fishy to me that it would be that high. So I have a lock on this. Over? I'm going over. Yeah, I mean, it's just... So... It's begging to I, take the under. Well, I had to look up why, because this team on, on paper does does not fit the mold of a team that that should have 10 wins this year. And then I looked at who they're playing. So let me run down, I'll do it quickly, the list of quarterbacks that they play this year. Ryan Tannehill, Bryce Young, Love, Baker Mayfield, Mac Jones, CJ Stroud, Trevor Lawrence, Anthony Richardson, Justin Fields, Kirk Cousins, Desmond Ritter, Jarrett Goff, CJ Stroud, Daniel Jones, Matthew Stafford, Baker Mayfield, Desmond Ritter. Yeah, that's just a list of mediocrity. It it, it truly is. It, it's yeah. very okay. similar to the Eagles roster, or the Eagles matchups last year. Remember how that was always the talk about how weak their schedule was. Yep. So they have the 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 least strength of schedule of any team going into this year. And and looking at the quarterbacks that they're facing, you know, Trevor Lawrence is is the only one that that really jumped off the page at me. Besides that, it's it's a bunch of rookies. It's um you know a bunch of uh, uh guys who are fighting for a job that you know a lot of those guys that I named they yep. might not be the the quarterback by the time they they actually play them. Yep. No, that's that's actually really yeah, that's a really really good point. Um, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, makes more sense at least now why why we're looking at uh why we're we're looking at possibly a ten win team. Um, still going to be a stay away for me though. That I, too much unknown. Some of those guys could could pop and and then you're in trouble if you're the Saints. A team that did take a leap forward last year, the Detroit Lions, they're at nine and a half for their over-under. The overs juiced at minus 135. So last year, they were one of the feel-good teams of the NFL, but now there are expectations on them. I'm very curious to see how Dan Campbell performs with those expectations on him. Um, you know, it's one thing to to have a you know gutty win two years ago to get to one win and cry in the locker room and then... Uh, every press conference you have, you cry about something. And every time you give a speech, you cry about something. Every time you're interviewed, you cry about something. Uh, can this guy coach football with with the expectations that are now on them? Uh, I, I don't know. It, I, I, I Possibly. Um, it's going to be a stay away from, from me, though. Um, I think that, like, I, I think the defense is is solid. I think the offense could be could be above average. I I, I, I like Jared Goff had this resurgence again, like a Gina Smith. I just did not expect it. I didn't, did not see it coming. Um, but like I said, now there are these expectations and, and I don't, I just don't know that Detroit kind of lives up to the hype this year. Gotcha. So you asked me for college football to remind you not to bet on a game that's not played on Saturday. I'm going to ask uh, you to remind me to always bet against Jared Goff when he plays outdoors, because he is a, a dome quarterback right, yeah. through and through. Oh Yeah. The next team on the list, oh boy, Dallas Cowboys, nine and a half. Nine and a half, you take the over, minus 170. Under. Um, and not just because I hate the Cowboys. I it, There's a lot of concern there with their quarterback. And there's a reason they went out and get 
Trey Lance to 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 come in. So that's not a good. I, and Jerry Jones is is nuts to begin with, but that's not a good spot to to be in. Um, I I don't think that the Cowboys are, are like. I I get offensive line is very good. Defense should be very good. You have who who I think is probably going to be the defensive player of the year in in, in Michael Parsons. Um, but I I don't know that they have enough on offense at this point to. Uh, and again, I like I've drafted, you know, I've drafted. Uh, CD Lamb, like I, they're they're players that I like, but I don't know that they have enough to to win a lot of these games, and that's a big big number for them to get to, and I don't I don't think they do. And I, yeah, I, like so, I said, I, I said Washington could be the second second team in the NFC East. I, th- I think the Giants could be the second place team in the NFC East. I think go either either way. I'm leaning under as well, and I think the the Dallas's defense is what I think could could push us over, right? So you have. Three layers of talented players between, you know, Dexter Lawrence, Micah Parsons, Van Der Esch. And then on the outside, you still have Trayvon Diggs. They signed Stefan Gilmore to, to lock up that other corner spot. You know, we'll see how much his, uh, you know, he's getting a little bit older, how, how he fares there. But they they sort of have the three three tiers. So I think their defense should be good. I think the main thing, and I mentioned it with when we talked about the Chargers in the last episode, is, is Kellen Moore has gone on offense. So I'm right. curious That's, to yep. see how Dak Prescott can perform under, they have a new offensive coordinator coming in. So it's going to be a new scheme for him to learn. I th- I'm I'm not a Dak fan. I, I just don't have confidence in him. You ever see a, you ever see the movie Catfish? Like they had the MTV show, but the actual movie. No, nah, I don't think so. So, so the reason, like that, that term is catfish. Um, when you know you get duped online, thinking you're talking to somebody that you're really not to. So, in that movie, like they didn't have a name for it. Um, so, long story short, this woman was catfishing this guy, and they show up at her house, and her husband is there, and he's kind of like, like a little off, and then he starts talking about. They're just like, like the documentary crew's there, and they kind of find out about this woman's life. They're talking to her husband, and he says, um, he he starts talking about how, uh. Like when they used to ship, um, or even when they they still ship salmon like long distances, they always put a catfish in the tank with them because it keeps the salmon. Like if the salmon are, aren't constantly moving and, and agile, they're gonna like die rot. Uh, you know, it won't be good good eating seafood. Um, so they put catfish there, like chase them around, and that's what Trey Lance is right now. He, he's the catfish just nipping on Dak Prescott's <laughs> tail, and I, I think that Dak Prescott has to feel that. And you're putting now this guy that's who's good. not like he's not the greatest. He's not the greatest quarterback ever under a lot of pressure right now with, with this young guy who was a really high draft pick and a highly touted prospect or highly touted, uh, uh, NFL prospect right on your heels. So does that motivate him? If it does, this team could certainly go over, but, but does he crumble under it? It's, that's also very possible. So I, I, there's I, too much, too much unknown at the most important position in sports. I had no idea where you're going with that. It, it, I oh, yeah. didn't, Think you're going to be able to tie it together, but you did well done. That catfish, like that's a great document. The, the show got really stupid and like kitschy, and, and now everyone well, knows. Have you about seen catfish. the Untold Monty Teo, the girlfriend that uh, didn't exist? Yes, yes. Oh man, I Wild. feel so bad I for know. Monty Teo. Yeah. Oof. All right, Wild. San Francisco 49ers, uh, ten and a half. The overage juice to minus one fifty. I have a newfound hate for the 49ers after like what happened in the playoffs. Didn't we just absolutely dog walk them up and down the field and, and just, they, they never were in the game. Am, am I, did I miss that part? Cause they talk their media talks like, like Eagles cheated. We should have won. Like that, that was our <laughs> game. Our game. Like what, what the hell are you talking about? Um, if McCaffrey stays healthy, you know what? Honest. No, under, 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 under all day, under all day. Defense is, is going to be great. Absolutely. I do not trust Brock Purdy and I don't trust McCaffrey to stay healthy. 
I, I, I had a I had a fantasy draft today, and I said um I had the third pick, and I, and I really thought that um it was going to go Jefferson Chase, and then I would have been like oh man do I have to take McCaffrey? I probably I probably wouldn't have probably would have taken Kelsey honestly. Kelsey ended up going second. I got uh Chase at third, and I think McCaffrey felt like seven or eight something like that. I, there's just a so much injury history with the guy. The last team on the list, your very own Philadelphia Eagles, they are at 11 and a half. The over is plus 110, under minus 130. Uh, it's a stay away. I have I have a lot of high hopes um, for the Eagles, but it's really hard to, to have two back-to-back years of just massive success in the NFL. Uh, do the Eagles have that, that makeup? I, I think so. I think the defense talent wise should be better. I think the offense, you know, you, re- you return a lot of the same guys. You, you probably upgrade running back to, to be honest. Um, but you have two new coordinators and that's a big part of this, this game. You have two brand, you have a brand new offense coordinator, a brand new defense coordinator. Granted, the offense coordinator has been in, been in the, the system a little bit. The defense coordinator is, you know, an outside hire who Sirianni never even worked with, which, which is kind of odd in, in this business, but, um, and th- there's not, I'm not saying that that makes it a bad hire or anything. You, you can have a respect for somebody that you haven't worked with, but um, that that's just a lot to, that's a lot to, a lot to kind of, kind of work out. And, uh, you know, I think the culture is, is good because you have such a good leader in, in Hertz, but that's a lot there. And those, that's the, I'm excited. I'm, I'm really, really excited for this, this team, this season. And I think they're going to be really, really good. And I think they absolutely have a shot of just going ahead and winning a Super Bowl. Uh, but there's just too much newness there for me to actually make a play on this. Wouldn't be surprised if it goes, you know, either way. Yeah, I'm standing away as well. I originally was leaned toward the under. Um, the reasons being what you said, the two new coordinators is is a huge change for a team. I think also last year, the Eagles were an extremely healthy team through and through. Um, I, I don't see that repeating this year. I think we could have, you know, some, some key injuries to potentially the offensive line as they get a little bit older. Uh, that being said, so those are some of the reasons I want to stay away, but um, that in addition to playing a much more difficult schedule last year, their schedule was was a cakewalk. Now they're playing a first place schedule, so they go up against some of the better teams across uh, other divisions from last year. And, you know, the reason I do lean toward them is just the consistency. So they have a lot of those starters coming back, right? Yep. So even though the the coaches are different, the players should have have the right consistency. You know, you lose Sayamalu on the defensive end, you lose your linebacker core, but you you have, you know, Nakobe Dean who who seems to be the you know smart player that that they should be able to seamlessly transition to. Um, and then you just reload on the defensive line and, yeah. and coming back to the trenches, you know, bring back both cornerbacks plus getting the the depth of the young quarterback cornerbacks that they have uh combination with just the the depth that they have at that at, um defensive line and defensive end uh winning in the trenches uh, you know pro football focus has the eagles ranked as the number one offensive line and the number one defensive line <laughs> yeah. in the league that's yep. that's a huge advantage in every single game you go into so yep. um uh you know I, I i'm i'm split here but i'm staying away yeah and i mean the the depth on the on the defensive line was was just really well done by by Howie, you know, because you're 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 definitely at a you're at decision points with with Cox and and Graham, and you, and you bring them back, and you hope you can get some production out of them. But you have guys there that that are going to be able to to step in, oh, and, yeah. and it looks like just just really take over. So um, I, I think you're good job by Howie. You're in, you're in good shape there. Let's move on to some division. Uh, let's see if there's any value here. 
We'll start in the NFC West. The 49ers are minus 175 to win that. The Seahawks are plus 210. And then you, you know, further down the list, you get uh, the Rams at plus 850 and the Cardinals at plus 2700. Any value there? Nothing for me. I love the Seahawks here. Okay. Um, you know, for some of the reasons you mentioned about, about the 49ers taking a step back and and if they do the, the Seahawks taking a step forward, I think with Smith and Jigba getting added there, I'm, I'm very high on him. Um, you know, just adding another weapon there on offense. I, I think they could take a step forward. Moving on to the NFC North, the Detroit Lions are at plus 120, followed by the Vikings at plus 300, the Bears at plus 400, and the Packers at plus 420. Uh, Kind of the same principle with with the Steelers, you know, in the AFC, uh, Packers. Yeah, I'm saying there's no no reason they can't. No reason they can't. And uh, the Bears would be the team that would really concern me to to win that division if if Fields is great, but but I'm, I'm... I think this money's on the Packers there for me. Yeah. I, if I were to take one, that's that's where I would go as well, uh, just because of the value. So moving on to the South, the Saints are plus 120. The Falcons are plus 240. The Panthers are plus 340. And the Buccaneers are plus 800. No, yeah, nothing for me. Away. I like the Falcons here. Um, you know, we talked about the the uh, Saints schedule here and, you know, the quarterbacks that they face the, you know, the the Falcons face a very similar um, course. So they have the mm-hmm. second easiest schedule uh, of, of any team going into this year. And um, I, I don't have too much trust in the Saints. So I think this is almost a hedge on my previous bet. The last pick, uh, I'm sorry, the last division to cover the NFC East. The Eagles are the favorites at minus 105, followed by the Cowboys at plus 165. The Commanders a little bit further down the list at plus 1300, and the Giants snuck in there at plus 700. Values on the Giants. Hate to say it, but the values on the Giants for me. Value pick on plus the Giants. Plus 700 is a lot. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the Eagles win this division. Yeah, I don't think it's uh it's worth it there. Any any Super Bowl favorites or predictions you have coming out of uh value you see for any of these teams in the NFC? I mean, it it really does appear to be a, you know, maybe a three-team race with the, with the the Niners, the Eagles and, and the Cowboys. Um I my pick would be the Eagles. I'm, I don't think I I am going to do it, but I I think that the Eagles will be my pick to win the NFC again. Yeah, uh, I don't see any value in in these uh, these odds. I I think I uh, invested enough in the the AFC to uh, um, for for one uh, for one Super Bowl prediction. Agreed. Place your bets. For Joseph Manera, I'm Shane Curran. That's all for today's show. Thanks for listening. Tell your friends. Remember, rate review, subscribe, and always bet on yourself. Philly and the Over is brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. Do you believe?